So, are only a few people being saved? The question these disciples ask Jesus in today's gospel is one that calls up passionate, angry, and sometimes hysterical argument today. Just dive into the blogosphere or scan the comments on news articles. You'll find the false caricature of Christianity as a religion that gleefully damns most people to hell. But then, the ambivalence of many Christians today about speaking openly, in the words of the old prayer at confession, of how we dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. Might repeating this too much just freeze people in fear and traumatize them? And the charge that in a watered-down, always affirming religious culture today, if we believe that many or most people are being saved anyway, and we're not afraid that we may not be saved, we're heading straight to religious indifference and moral relativism. Okay. If we can avoid the hyperbole and invective in which these ideas are so often couched, there are some important issues being aired, of course. But when Jesus answers the disciples' question, he is talking about something else, something that's not about other people or people in general, but something that touches each one of us very personally right now. The disciples' question seems to be about people in general. But behind it, they seem also to have some kind of a personal agenda. They seem to be begging the Lord to say, yes, only a small number will be saved, and you are on the in crowd. You are on the fast track. How nice. But Jesus, as is his usual, turns the tables on them. And what he tells these disciples, he says to all of us, to me and to you, personally. He says, you must strive to be saved. And true salvation consists in this. Repent. Turn away from sin. Respond to God's love. Conform your life to his will for you now and always. Repent, turn away from sin, respond to God's love, conform ourselves to his will. This is our salvation. Saved from what? That is the first question, and the question that the overheated arguments about who's being saved so often ignore. What is it that we need to be saved from? We can start to answer this question by hearing what St. John says in his first letter. God is love. God wills all things for our good. And then this. Since we are created in God's image, we are free, free to conform ourselves to the good God wills for us, 
but also free to reject God, to embrace instead everything that is bad for us and for others, bad too, for our whole created world. Sin. And under the domination of sin, everything that is bad, we find only confusion and darkness and misery. In a word, hell. Wailing and gnashing of teeth. It exists. And we have all had a foretaste of it right here in this life as doers and victims of sin. This is the danger we face, a danger that shows itself in confusion and darkness and misery. This is what God wants to save us from. And when we are seeing clearly and thinking straight, of course, we want this salvation. We long for it. So why does Jesus insist that to be saved, we have to fight our way through a narrow door. What an image. And yet, how true to life. Because sin looks attractive and reasonable on the surface, and we are easily fooled and tempted and drawn in. From showing our best side to wholesale hypocrisy, from seeking excellence to being consumed by the desire for status, from financial prudence to greed. So repentance, turning away from sin, is not easy for us. Fighting our way through a narrow door is a realistic description of repentance. It's hard, no matter how much God seeks us out. But before we lose heart and turn back from that narrow door, let's remember just how much God does seek us out, coax us to return, support us. Remember the parable Jesus told of the shepherd who left 99 sheep alone to spend all his energy saving the one that was lost. God, who is that shepherd, has given us every help. He sends Christ to us, teaches us how to live, inspires us with the Holy Spirit, founds the church, strengthens us with the sacraments. All this. But God created us free to say yes or no to him. And truth be told, we are so compromised by sin, our own sin, and the evil that floats around us that we experience as a struggle to say yes to God's beautiful invitation, to say yes day in and day out. Still, what awaits us when we struggle our way through that narrow doorway? Jesus pictures it as a banquet, a place of joy and celebration a place where all the good God wills for us is realized in full. The kingdom of heaven, God. This too is real. We have had a foretaste of it in this life, in beauty, in gratitude, in self-giving love. 
partial and fleeting perhaps, but absolutely real even now and pointing to fullness in eternal life. It is because this banquet is on the other side of that narrow door that Jesus invites us to strive, to struggle, to keep trying. And as we struggle, God showers us with help and hope, calling us to repent, turn away from sin, respond to his love, conform ourselves to his will, to come through the narrow door to the feast he has prepared. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.